0: Hey, it's Leah. Thanks for listening. If you have questions for me or comments or suggestions about how to make this a better podcast, or if you have suggestions for reading materials, or you'd like to submit something for me to read, you can send emails to leahlauder at gmail.com. That's l-e-a-h-l-o-u-d-e-r at gmail.com. The Cloud Dream of the Nine A Korean novel a story of the times of the Tangs of China about 840 AD, by Kim Man-jung translated from Korean to English by Reverend James Scarth Gale Canadian 30 years resident in Korea by 1922 Chapter 1 The Transmigration of Song Jin there are five noted mountains in East Asia. The peak near the Yellow Sea is called Taesan, Great Mountain. The peak to the west, Wasan, Flowery Mountain. The peak to the south, Hyungsan, Mountain of the Scales. The peak to the north, Hang-san, Eternal Mountain. While the peak in the center is called Sung san Exalted Mountain. The Mountain of the Scales the loftiest of the Five Peaks, lies to the south of the Tongzhong River, and on the other three sides is circled by the Sangang, so that it stands high, uplifted, as if receiving adoration from the surrounding summits. There are in all 72 peaks that shoot up and point their spear tops to the sky. Some are sheer cut and precipitous and block the clouds in their course, startling the world with the wonder of their formation. Stores of good luck and fortune abide under their shadows. The highest peaks among the 72 are called Spirit of the South, Red Canopy, Pillars of Heaven, Rock Treasure House, and Lotus Peak. Five in all. They are sky-tipped and majestic in appearance, with clouds on their faces and mists around their feet, and are charged with divine influences. When the day is other than clear, they are shrouded completely from human view. In ancient days, when Ha U restrained the deluge that came upon the earth, he placed a memorial stone on one of these mountain tops, on which was recorded his many wonderful deeds. The stone was divinely inscribed in cloud characters, and while many ages have passed, these characters are clear cut as ever. In the days of Chin Zi Wang, a woman of the Genii named Queen Wei, who became a Taoist by divine command, came with a company of angelic boys and fairy girls and settled in these mountains, so that she was called Queen Wee of the Southern Peak. It is impossible to relate all the strange and wonderful things that have been associated with these mountain fastnesses. In the days of the Tang Dynasty, a noted priest came hither from India, and being captivated by the beauty of the hills, built a monastery on Lotus Peak. There he preached the doctrines of the Buddha, taught his disciples, and put an end to fearsome demons and foul spirits, so that the name of Gautama grew great in influence, and people bowed before it and believed, saying that God again had visited the earth. The rich and honorable shared of their abundance. The poor gave their labor, and so they built a wide and spacious temple. It was deeply secluded and quiet, with a thousand and one beautiful views encircling it, and a majesty and impressiveness of mountain scenery for background that was unsurpassed. This preacher of the Buddha had brought with him a volume of the Diamond Sutra, which he expounded so clearly that they called him Master of the Six Temptations and the Great Teacher of the Yüquan. Among the five or 600 disciples that followed him there were some 30 well-versed in the teaching, and far advanced. One, the youngest of them, was called Song Jin, without guile. His face was fair and beautiful to see, and the light of his expression was like running water. He was barely twenty, and yet he had mastered the three sacred books. In wisdom and quickness of perception, he surpassed all the others, so that the master greatly loved him, and intended later to make him his successor. As the teacher expounded the doctrine to his disciples, the dragon king himself from the Tongjong Sea used to come in the person of an old man, dressed in white clothes to listen and learn. On a certain day, the teacher assembled his pupils and said to them, I am now an old man and frail in body, and it is thirteen years and more since I have been outside the mountain gates. Who among you will go for me to the palace of the waters and pay my respects to the dragon king? At once, Song Jin volunteered. The teacher, greatly pleased at this, had him fitted out in a new cassock, gave him his ringed staff of the gods, and he set off briskly towards the world of Tongzhong. Just at this moment, the priest who guarded the main entrance to the monastery came to say that the noble lady of the Southern Peak had sent eight fairy messengers to call, and that they were now waiting before the gate. The master gave command that they be admitted, and they tripped across the threshold in modest order, circling about three times, and then bowing and scattering the blossoms of the genii. They knelt reverently and gave their message from the lady, saying, The noble teacher lives on the west side of the mountain, and I on the east. While the distance is not great, and we are comparatively near as neighbors, still I am of humble birth, and am so busily occupied that I have never come even once to the sacred temple to hear the doctrine. I have no wisdom of my own to keep me in touch with the good, but now I am sending my serving maids to pay my respects, and at the same time to offer to your excellency flowers of paradise and fairy fruits, along with some other gifts of silk, which I sincerely trust you will accept as a token of my earnest heart. Each then made her presentation of flowers and treasures to the master. These he received and passed on to his disciples, who had them placed as offerings before the Buddha. With much bowing and folding of the hands, according to the required ceremony, he replied, What merit has an old man like me, I pray, to have such gifts as these presented to him? He gave liberally to the eight maidens in return, and they set off lightly on their way. They passed out through the mountain gate hand in hand, talking as they went, Said they, these divine mountains of the south, being of one range and having the same streams encircling them, once upon a time were all within our own boundaries. But since the setting up of the temple of the great teacher, certain limitations have shut us off from freedom, so that we have not seen the beautiful places that were once our own. Now, by the good fortune of Our Lady's commands, we are here in this valley, at this lovely season of the year. It is early in the day. Let us take the occasion to go up to the heights and have a breath of the sweet air of lotus peak dip our kerchiefs in the limpid water sing a verse or two and awaken our souls to the joy of life on returning home we shall be the praise and envy of all our sisters let us do this they set off on their way looking down with wonder at the rushing water walking skillfully along the giddy ranges and following the streams At last, on this happy day of the third moon, they found themselves on the stone bridge that spanned the torrent. All the flowers were in bloom. The streams beneath them sparkled with silvery brightness. There hung a tentwork of flowers and leaves like a silken canopy. The birds vied with each other in the beautiful notes of their singing. The soft breezes awakened glad and happy memories, while the beauty of the scene held them spellbound. Thus were the eight fairy messengers charmed as they sat in delight on the bridge, looking down at the wonderful mirror of the streams that met and sparkled in a crystal pool below. Their delicate eyebrows and glowing bright faces shone forth, reflected in the water as if seen in a famous picture from a master's hand. They were so entranced that they had no thought of going till the sun began to descend toward the western hills and the day to darken. At this moment, Song Jin crossed the Tongjong River and entered the water palace of the dragon king. His majesty was greatly delighted at his coming, stepped outside the gates to meet him, took him by the hand, led him in, and bid him share his throne. Song Jin made his obeisance and gave his message from the master. The king, in response, bowed low and ordered a feast of welcome to be prepared, at which were fruits and dainties of the fairies in abundance, and of such flavor as the dwellers in the hills alone know. The dragon king himself passed the glass and urged him to drink. Song Jin several times refused, saying, Wine is a drink that upsets and maddens the soul, and is therefore strictly forbidden by the Buddha. So your humble servant must not partake. But the dragon king replied, I am aware that among the five things forbidden by Guatama wine is one, but the wine that I offer is different altogether from the maddening kind that men drink. It represses the passions and quiets the soul. You will not mistrust my sincerity in offering it, I am sure. Sung Jin, moved by this kindness, could not any longer refuse, and he drank three glasses. He then spoke his greeting and came forth from the water palace riding on the wind, and sailing directly for Lotus Peak. When he had landed at the base of the hill, the influence of the wine was already manifest in his face, and a feeling of dizziness possessed him, so that he reprimanded himself, saying, if my honored master sees me with this inflamed expression, how startled he will be, and how soundly he will chide me. He sat down by the bank of the stream, put off his outer garments, placed them on the clean sand, and dipped his hands in the limpid water. Thus he sat, bathing his hot face, when suddenly a strange and mysterious fragrance was borne toward him, not the perfume of orchid or musk, nor that of any special flower, but something wholly new and not experienced before. The soul of passion and uncleanness seemed dissipated by its presence, and a purity indescribable seemed to remain. He said to himself, What wonderful flowers are these by the side of this brook that such sweet perfume should come floating on its wavelets? I will go and see from whence it comes. He dressed carefully, followed the course of the stream upwards, and found the eight fairies seated on the stone bridge, so that they met suddenly face to face, he and they. Song Jin laid aside his pilgrim's staff and made a deep low bow, saying, Ladies of the fairies' paradise! hear what a poor priest has to say. I am a disciple of the master Kuan and live on Lotus Peak. Just now I am returning from a mission beyond the mountains on which he sent me. This stone bridge is very narrow, and you goddesses being seated upon it block the way. Will you not kindly take your lotus footsteps hence and let me pass? The fairies bowed in return and said, We attendants who wait on Queen Wee, are on our return from carrying a message of goodwill to the master of the temple, and have stopped here for a little to rest. We have heard that it is written in the book of ceremony concerning the law of the road that man goes to the left and woman to the right. Now, as this bridge is a very narrow one, and we are already seated here, it would seem more fitting that you should avoid it altogether and cross by some other way. Song Jin said in reply. But the water of the stream is deep, and there is no other way. Where do you suggest that your humble servant should go?" The fairies replied, It is said that the great Talma came across the ocean on a leaf. Now if you are a disciple of the teacher Yu Quan, and have learned the doctrine from him, naturally you will have learned to do some such wonderful thing. There surely will be no difficulty for you to cross this narrow stream instead of standing here and disputing with us girls about the way. Sung Jin laughed and said, I see by your ladyship's behavior that you ask that I pay some price or other for the right to cross, but I have no money, for I am only a poor priest. I have, however, eight jewels which I will present to you, if you will kindly permit me to pass by. At this, he threw the peach blossom that he carried in his hand before them, and it became four couplets of red flowers, and these again were transformed into eight jewels, that filled the place with sparkling light, shooting up to heaven. The fairies each picked up one. Then they looked toward Song Jin, laughed in a delighted way, arose, mounted the winds, and sailed off through the air. Song Jin stood at the head of the bridge and watched them for a long time till they were lost in the clouds and the sweet fragrance had melted away. In loneliness, as though he had failed of his highest hopes, he came back to the temple and gave his message from the Dragon King to the Master. The Master reprimanded him for his late return, and Song Jin said, The Dragon King treated me so liberally, sir, and his urgent request to stay was so impossible to refuse that I have been delayed beyond the time. The Master gave no direct reply but simply said, Go away and rest. Song Jin went back to his little hut of meditation. While the evening shadows closed down upon the day. Since meeting with the eight fairies, his ears had been ringing with sweet voices, and though he tried to forget their beautiful faces and graceful forms, he could not succeed. However much he endeavored to rein in his thoughts, he found it impossible. His mind was that of a person half insane or half intoxicated. He pulled himself together, however, and knelt reverently, saying, If a man study diligently the Confucian classics, and then grow up to meet a king like Yo or Sun, he can either become a general to go abroad or be a minister of state at home. He can dress in silk and carry a seal of office at his belt, can bow before the king, can dispense favors among the people, can look on beautiful things with the eyes and hear delightful sounds with the ears. He can have his fill of glory in this life, and can leave a reputation for generations to come. But we Buddhists have only our little dish of rice and flask of water. Many dry books are there for us to learn, and our beads to say over till we are old and gray. It may be high and praiseworthy from the point of view of religion, but the vacant longings that it never satisfies are too deep to mention. Even though one gets to understand all the laws of the Mahayana revelation, Though one proclaims the same, and finds oneself exalted to the place of sage and teacher, when once the spirit and soul dissipate into smoke and nothingness, who will ever know that a person called Song Jin once lived upon this earth? So his thoughts wandered. He tried to sleep, but sleep refused to come. The hours grew late. Sometimes he closed his eyes for a little, but the eight fairies persistently appeared before him in a row and drove sleep far away. Then he suddenly realized that the great purpose of Buddhism was to correct the thoughts and the heart. I have been a Buddhist for ten years, said he, and I had well nigh succeeded in getting done with the world till this deceitful mind of mine got itself tangled up to the damage of my soul. He burned incense, knelt, called in all his thoughts counted his beads, recalled to his consciousness the thousand Buddhas that could help him. When suddenly, one of the temple boys came to his window and spoke, saying, Elder brother, are you asleep? The master is calling you. Song Jin, in alarm, said to himself, His calling me in this unusual way in the middle of the night can only mean something serious. He went along with the boy to the audience hall of the Buddha, where the chief had assembled all the priests of the temple, and was sitting in solemn silence. His appearance was one to inspire fear and question. The light of the candles shone brilliantly. He spoke with great care, but with severe intonation. Song Jin, do you know how you have sinned? Song Jin, who was bowed low, kneeling before the dais, replied, I have now been a disciple of the Master for ten years and more, and have never disobeyed any command or any order concerning acts of worship in which I have had a part. I am dark and ignorant, I know, and so am not aware of how I have offended. The Master said, There are three things that must be exercised in the ordering of one's acts, namely, the body, the mind, and the soul. You went to the Dragon King and drank wine, did you not? Again, on your way back by the stone bridge, you had a long and frivolous conversation with the messengers of Queen Wee. You gave them each a flower and made jokes and light talk. Since coming back too, you have not put these recollections from your mind and heart, but instead have allowed yourself to be entangled with worldly delights. You have been thinking of riches and honor with all the other temptations of the earth, and have turned with loathing from the doctrine of the Buddha. Thus. Your three degrees of attainment have all fallen from you in a single hour. You can remain here no longer. Song Jin, overcome to tears, prayed for forgiveness. He said, "'Great master, I am indeed a sinner. Still, my breaking the rule regarding drink was because the king so forced and compelled me, and my talking with the fairies was only because I asked of them the way. I had had no such intention in my heart.' Why am i thus condemned i will go back to my cell and though evil thoughts assail me i will keep my spirit awake against them and overcome their madness so that a true mind will assuredly return i will bite my hands and i will repent of the wrong i have done and my heart will be restored it tells in confucianism how one can thus return to the right way as i have sinned will my revered father not give me a flogging and set me right This is what I understand to be the teaching of the Buddha. Why should you drive me away from all possibility of reformation? I came to you when I was only twelve years of age, gave up my parents and relatives, cut my hair and took the vows of a priest, and ever since have lived dependent on you. It is just as though you had begotten me and brought me up, and our love is as between only son and a father. My cell is the special meeting place of the monastery, and my hopes are all here where shall i go the master said you desire to go and that is what makes me send you off if you did not desire to go who would ever think of sending you you ask where shall i go i answer to the place where you desire to go he then shouted hither yellow turban guards suddenly the commander of the guard dropped from midair bowed low and received his orders. The master said, arrest this guilty man, take him to Hades, hand him over to the king of Yuma, and then come back to me. When Song Jin heard this, his spirit seemed to depart from him. His eyes streamed over with tears. He fell forward and cried out, Father, Father, please hear me. Listen to what I have to say. In olden days, the great teacher Aaron entered the house of a harlot, And had intercourse with her, and so broke all the laws of the Buddha. Still, the divine Saka did not condemn him, but took him in hand and showed him more clearly the way. I am guilty of a lack of care, but still, as compared with Aaron, I am surely less at fault. Why do you send me thus to hell? The teacher replied, Even though Aaron fell into sin, still his mind was repentant. You, on the other hand, "'have had but one sight of these seductive things "'and have lost all your heart to them. "'Your thoughts are now turned to a life of pleasure, "'and your mouth waters for the riches and honors of the world. "'If we compare you with Aaron, you are worse by far. "'You cannot escape the sorrow and distresses that lie before you.' "'Still Song Jin cried for mercy and had no thought of going, "'so that the stern teacher comforted him finally, saying, "'While your mind remains unpurified,' Even though you are here in the mountains, you cannot attain the truth. But if you never forget it and hold fast, you may mix with the dust and impurities of the way, and your return is safe and sure. If you ever desire to come back here, I will go and bring you. Depart now, without doubt or question." There being no help for it, Song Jin made a low bow before the master, said goodbye to his priest companions and went along with the constables of Hal past the lookout pavilion till he came to the outer walls where the guards at the gate asked the cause of his coming. The constables replied, at the order of the teacher, Yu Quan, we have arrested this guilty man and brought him. The soldier guards then opened the gates for them. The constables reached the inner enclosure and announced why Song Jin had been arrested. The king of Hades had him brought in and then spoke to him in the following way. Honored Master, although you live in the Namak Hills under Lotus Peak, your name is already on the incense table before the great King Jong. I have said to myself that hereafter, when you are exalted to the throne of the Lotus, all living creatures of the earth will be greatly blessed thereby. For what possible cause are you arrested and brought here thus in disgrace? Song Jin, in confusion and shame of face, did not reply for a long time at last he said i met the fairy maidens of queen we on the stone bridge of namak and failed to restrain my thoughts about them thus i sinned against my master and now i await the commands of your majesty the king of hades sent a message by those who waited on him to king Chijong that ran thus the teacher yu of namak sent me one of his disciples under arrest by his yellow turban constables, in order that we may decide here in hell as to his guilt. As he is different from ordinary offenders, I am asking counsel of your High Majesty. King Qijang replied, A man who would be perfect has his journey to make, and his return, in order to accomplish all things in accord with his own will and purpose. He cannot escape it, so there is no use to discuss the matter." Just as the king of Hades was about to decide, two devil soldiers announced that the yellow turban guards, by command of Master Yu Quan, had brought eight more offenders who were outside the gate waiting. When Song Jin heard this, he was greatly alarmed. The king then ordered them in, when, behold, all the eight fairies of Namak came haltingly over the threshold and knelt down in the court. The king spoke, saying, You fairy maidens of Namak, listen to me. Fairy folk live in the most beautiful worlds that are known and have joys and delights beyond measure. How is it that you have come to such a place as this? The eight, in great shame and confusion, made reply. We were ordered by Queen Wee to go and make inquiry of the teacher Yu Kwan as to his health and welfare. On our way back, we met with his disciple Song Jin, And because we talked with him, the teacher said that we had defiled the sacred precincts of the hills, and he wrote, and asked that we be sent to the place of the dead. All our hopes and prayers are with your majesty. Pray have mercy upon us, and let us go once again into the world of the living. The king of Hades then called nine messengers who appeared before him. He ordered them in a low voice, saying, Take these nine, and get them back as soon as possible into the world of the living. Scarcely had he finished when a great wind arose and whirled about, carried off the nine into space, drove them asunder, and sent them into the four corners of the earth. Song Jin, following his leader, was borne along by the wind, tossed and whisked through endless space till he seemed at last to land on solid ground. Then the tempest calmed down, Song Jin gathered his scattered senses and found himself shut in by a range of hills, with the waters of a clear beautiful stream running by. He also saw inside a bamboo paling, and between the shady branches of the trees, glimpses of thatched roofs, a dozen or more. Two or three people were standing and talking together. They said in his hearing, the hermit Yang's wife, now over fifty years of age, is to give birth to a child. A marvelous thing indeed we have expected it now for some time but no infant's voices yet heard a somewhat anxious circumstance Song Jin said to himself I am to be born again among men for now that I behold myself I have no body but am a spirit only my body I left on Lotus Peak where it has already been cremated and because I was so young I had no disciples to take my sari and safeguard them. Thinking thus over his past, his mind was distressed, when a messenger appeared and waved his hand to him to come, saying, This is Soju Township of Hoinam County, of the Tang Kingdom, and this is the home of the hermit Yang. He is your father, and his wife, you see, is your mother. You are destined from a former existence to be a son in this home. Go in quickly. "'and do not lose the favorable moment. "'At once he went in, "'and there the hermit sat with his reed hat on his head "'and a rough hempen coat wrapped about him. "'He had before him a brazier "'on which he was preparing some medicinal drink, "'the fragrance of which filled the house. "'In the room, indistinctly, "'there were heard accents of suffering. "'The messenger urged him on, saying, "'Go in quickly now.' But as Song Jin still hesitated and delayed, the messenger pushed him from behind, and Song Jin fell to the ground. When suddenly he lost consciousness, seeming to pass into some great convulsion of nature. He called saying Save me, save me but the sound stuck fast in his throat and failed to find expression, so that they became the cries of a little child only the attendants quickly informed the hermit that his wife had borne him a beautiful son. He took the medicinal drink that he had prepared, went close up to her, and they looked at each other with happy faces. When Song Jin was hungry, milk was given him, and when his wants were satisfied, he ceased to cry. When first born, his little mind still recollected the happenings on Lotus Peak, but when he grew older, and learned to know of the love of his parents, the things of his former existence faded away, so that he forgot them altogether. When the hermit saw how handsome he was and well gifted, he stroked his little brow, saying, "This child has indeed come from heaven to sojourn among us." So he called his name Soyu, little visitor, while the special name given him was Choli, thousands of miles time that goes like running water saw him grow as in the space of a moment to ten years of age. His face was like the jade stone, and his eyes like the stars of the morning. His strength was firm and his mind pure and bright, showing him to be indeed a superior man. The hermit said to his wife, I am originally not a man of this world, but because I was united to you, I have remained long among the dust of this mortal way. My friends of the Genii, who live on Mount Pong Nai, have sent me many messages asking that I come. On account of your labor and sorrow, however, I have refused. But now that God has blessed us, and given us a gifted son, superior to others in his attainments, on whom you can rely, and by whom in your old age you will assuredly see riches and honor. I shall delay no longer to go. On a certain day, a number of the genii came to escort him on his way. They rode some on the white deer, some on the blue heron, sailing off toward the distant hills. Though one or two letters came at intervals from the blue sky, no traces of the hermit were ever seen on earth again.